As Halloween approaches, Chucky deals with racism. We are inching closer to my vacation, and I'm doing less and less work. But before we do that, we talk about a, con a concert that goes from stardom to falling stars. Welcome everyone, you're listening to perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports uh, channel, I guess it's a, a network program, that's, that's the word, um, the channel is a variety of places including wherever you get your podcasts. And it's, unlike your cable news, we're included in your bundle. There we go, there we go, and uh, no premium streaming yet, so unlike HBO Max, where if you uh, need to watch a single Sopranos prequel, you need to pay extra for uh, if, joining me, if you are going to give us money, we'll take it, though. That is that yeah. is true. That's joining definite. me in my frustrations is, of course, Terry Tam. Uh, how's it going, Terry? Very good. I watched the trailer for this new Home Alone movie, and I wanted to blow my fucking brains out. Really? I actually didn't even watch the full trailer. I watched half of the trailer. And as soon as I saw it, first of all, the kid's British. Nothing against British people, but like... Well, they can be left alone. I mean, yeah, but the father <laughs> is Peter anyone. Holmes, the comedian... Oh, that's the, the porn star. No, oh, his name oh, Peter Holmes. Peter North. Peter Holmes, Peter, yeah. North. Peter, mm. <laughs> Peter North. Peter Holmes is a comedian. He's a very funny guy, actually. And, that's uh, the Batman voice guy. The who voice? Peter Holmes. He did all the skits for Batman on the College Humor channel. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Anyway, so he's the father, but like the mom is British. The kid's fat and glasses, and you know he—it's the same exact plot as Home Alone Two. You know, oh, like yeah. we, I mean, that's how you make money from that franchise. I was gonna say, are the thieves Macaulay Culkin looking for somewhere to live? I didn't even awesome. get to that part. I didn't even watch it. There's—he's like, as soon as he leaves like his room, his attic. He's like, oh, where? Oh, my home alone. Rah, rah, rah. And then he jumps on a on a on a trampoline on a medicine ball, flat into the the dirt. And I'm like, I can't even watch this. I can't. I... So I tweeted. I sent a tweet out and I said, this is on my do not watch list. I would rather rip off my pubes one by one than watch this fucking movie. I'm never watching it. Well, Ever. you know what? If we had a razor blade as a sponsor, I would have been like, Terry, you don't need to, but clearly, clearly, you have to rip off the pubes. Um. That said, I, I've actually reached the point, and I know this is unpopular, I've stopped watching trailers because I find either they give me too much of the movie mm. and I've seen the parts before I go into watch the movie, which I don't enjoy, or it, it, it frames the movie often inaccurately as, oh my God, this is going to be awesome, or oh my God, this is going to be terrible, especially because the people who make the trailer are not the people who made the movie. That's a best, very good point. One of my favorite shows of all time is a show called Fringe. That for years, the uh, commercial the, 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 uh, the, the commercial played during football. And I refused to watch it because all those network TV shows during football all look like the show should just be called Two Seasons Before Cancellation. Like that's what 100%. the name of the show should be. Scandal, Lucifer, uh, uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what else? All oh, those fucking off. shows. Whoever greenlit that show, the by the way. Good, the good doctor. Oh, good doctor. Fuck Stop you. Yeah. All, Hauser, all other doctors are bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are we are at a point that we're getting we're getting all of this content. We talked about it at the top. We talked about the the reference to, of course, uh, the new Sopranos uh, movie. We uh, we talked last week about Squid Game, which I've since started watching. And I saw the uh, Dave Chappelle uh, comedy special on Netflix uh, called The Closer. You haven't seen it yet? Well, I, I want to My talk. girlfriend's not a big stand-up comedy person, so like it's hard for me to watch it. Speaking of which, Bill Burr tickets tomorrow. I'm telling you this on air. Whoever's listening, sorry you missed them. But Bill Burr tickets on sale tomorrow. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah. I'll send you the link later. Yeah. Yes. I'm 100%. Totally, totally done for show adding. Totally done for show adding. Um, so what is it? So I'll, I'll bring it, and I just I want to talk a little bit about the themes in general because it, it's once again it's one of these things where I had planned to talk about it, and then the weekend unfolds, and all the things that, like you know, it, the the topics now become weaved into the entire tapestry of the show. The NFL does our job for us on a weekly basis. Thank you NFL for the drama. Um, but we're gonna get into obviously the John Gruden stuff. But before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about about the special. I know you haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm critical of stand-up comedy. To me, uh, it's it's incredibly hard to do, and there are so few that do it well. And so David Dave Chappelle to me is has been will always be one of the greats. He's been one of the people I've appreciated most. The the chances he's taken on, uh, with a TV show and so on, um, and his ability to narrate and tell a story, I find incredible. The the thing is, with this special, A, I don't find it to be as funny as um, a lot of things we've seen before. While there are some absolute banger jokes in there, there's stuff that literally had me pausing it, so I had to laugh and go back to it. Um, there's a couple of things. There's one thing he didn't do this time around, which was starting to get on my nerves, one of which was I hate when comedians complain about har- how hard it is to do comedy today because the best of you aren't complaining, right? So, like, we... we, we that the job should always be hard if you're a comedian. If you're always supposed to be pushing towards the e- the edge, we never heard George Carlin talk about how hard c- comedy is, right? We never heard uh, Richard. What Pryor George Carlin about. did at the end of his career wasn't comedy, but uh, no, finish. I, I understand, but but and and it, 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 to an extent, it's kind of that with Dave Chappelle too. That it's it's uh, he wants to be considered, and I consider him to be uh, more than just a comedian. And the. Here in this episode, this one here, he does a lot of the trans stuff again, which I'm not saying it's impossible to tell jokes about a specific community, but I think there's a couple of things. One, you should recognize your power if you're more than a comedian and say, listen, you know, I, I need to also speak out against violence that happens to, to this group of people, which has increased drastically over the last year or so. And the, the next part of it is that um, – for me, it was a lot of it where he was just defending the previous specials. It's not new material so much as defending your right to have said the material. And uh, to be honest, more than anything else, I'm not saying Netflix pulled it down. I'm not saying cancel Dave Chappelle. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it was just kind of boring. Like I, I made th- I made this uh, explanation while talking to to my brother. I said, um, who's the graphite duke, by the way, responsible for all the graphics, uh, and his new Raiders article as well. And who will be our co- my co-host next week while you're out of town? Two weeks, yeah. Um, Wait, is he hosting the show or are you going to take over? Because well, I don't I'm trust host- him with the reins. <laughs> we shouldn't give Duke the, the, the hosting. No, the I'm hosting. It's going to be a little different, though. But the, resp- but the, the, um, the equivalence I made to him was it's kind of like watching Jordan with the Wizards. You're still watching Jordan, 
but it's not Jordan with the Bulls. And that's that's kind of where, where I'm at now with, with Dave Chappelle. Is to me, he's permanently found that place sort of like on Mount Rushmore of comedians for me. But when I'm seeing him now, it's just like, okay, it, it's fine. It's The world's better with more Dave Chappelle. But at the same time, I'm kind of worn out by the constant need to defend yourself. Because you're either I, the I don't give a fuck guy or you're the guy who has to defend yourself. You can't be both. So um, the thing about Dave Chappelle is that he's contracted by Netflix, right? So he has to put out specials. That's the problem. Yeah. So that's the problem with Netflix is that you have to put out a certain amount of uh, specials and a certain amount of time or you don't get paid or whatever their contract says. Chris Rock was the same thing. His first one was good. He made two. The second one was pretty shit. And um, and I think that he's like at this point, I'm just going to do it and do what I did on his the George Floyd special that he did. Mm -hmm. And. where he kind of he, he he's become political because people politi- politicized him because yeah. of the things that he says he, the things he, he says he's about an, he's a smart and insightful guy and, and exactly yeah we, we largely want to hear from smart people during difficult times yeah exactly he's he's, he's a, he's like a the sharp Daily Show, guy for example, right yeah he sees things out he says things how they are he sees things for what they are um, I, I like the issue the, the one of the best man he is Mount Rushmore to me Mount Rushmore is um, it's Dave Chappelle. Bill Burr, um, wow, how am I, dr- how am I drawing a blank on his name right now? I, I put Richard Pryor up there. The guy that Richard Pryor, woo. Yeah. <laughs> Richard I, knowing, Pryor. knowing your sensibilities, I'm like, it's weird. If Pryor's not on this list. Richard Pryor and like Eddie Murphy. If not Eddie Murphy, then Louis C.K. Yeah. These are the guys for me. Like those. Are, like Jeff those Durham are on that list. Who? Jeff Durham, Ahmed the Dead terrorist guy. Don't no, actually have abs- him on your list. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I would never put that guy on my I list. I think he was a puppet comedian guy. He was. Yeah, he was Carrot famous for, new for you. Props. He no? was famous for for five minutes. Who? Uh, Carrot Top. Carrot Top was actually pretty funny though. There was one. There, you know that thing you, you put it in the ground to hold yeah. your dog, mm-hmm. like to put your dog on a leash. It's kind of like a spiral, so you have yeah, to yeah. dig it into the ground. And he has this one bit where he like he's like, yeah, I went shopping with my dog, and he pulled this thing out, and I showed it to my dog, and he got scared. He's like, dude, what are you scared for? This is for you. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Put it in your ass? So I shoved it in my dog's ass. <laughs> he's low-key ripped, by the way. Have you seen he's, him jack- he's on full steroids. Super full steroids right. and full Botox, yeah. Of course. Why not? But yeah, You're there's a lot Vegas. of memes out there. I mean, yeah. George Carlin, too. Dane great. Cook. Dane Cook had I, – I was <laughs> such a huge Dane Cook fan when he was, first came out. I'm and sure. then when he kind of – his brother stole his money. He stole some jokes. Like I was like, all right, whatever. But I'm still – like I still love the old Dane Cook. Like the Kool-Aid bit was amazing. The yeah. one – Dane Cook's one of his best bits, so underrated, was when he was um, – it, it's a bit about being the flute guy in the old wars where you're the guy that first – you're, you're just walking down. You're in the war and you're just playing a flute and then you're just yeah. getting shot while you're playing a flute. It's one of my funniest <laughs> bits ever. I can't even lie. I actually had tickets to a show at the Bell Center and I was like front row seats. So, yeah. Naturally. Naturally. So that you're to It's play. like Dane Cook is like one of those things that like you can't – he's like Nickelback of comedy. He's, you're not supposed to like him. But like yeah. he puts out good shit, you know, like – <laughs> yeah, he has his moments, and yeah. specifically his moment was 2004. Um, well, yeah, so it's exactly that time. Yeah, yeah. he was great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get to the show now. We have a lot to talk about. Of course, huge week. Uh, you guys all know it's on the docket. So let's get to it. It's time for the news. Terry's the news. How are you going to survive for two weeks without me saying that to you? I'm we can record it, and I can just play nice. it. Nice. It's true. I'll say we do that too. 
<laughs> you have to tell Duke that uh, Terry is the news. Um, <laughs> so the, the the breaking story, of course, over the weekend was uh, about um, Raiders head coach John Gruden, who has since stepped down. So I guess we can call him former Raiders head coach uh, John Gruden. He stepped down after some comments about Demoris Smith uh, surfaced, um, and then the the there were also other commentaries about uh, him making homophobic slurs and so on that information broke on friday but uh the details only came out um i believe it was late last night um, what did he say about demora smith he referred to demora smith as first of all uh dumbass smith or something like that and saying that's not that bad. big lips oh, wait, or something he had michelin tires for lips um which is honestly it's not that bad. So it's only it's bad. Not it's good. Really okay, bad. wait, wait. It, if the other stuff hadn't come out, yeah. it's not yeah. that bad. It's stupid. Is it? But so, so that's uh, people are making the false equivalence because one thing Dave Chappelle says in a special, by the way, is that um, he wishes that that Black Lives Matter had the PR agent of the LGBTQ community because they've gotten so much progress, but black people are still the ones at the bottom rung, and and so like a lot of people are saying. Well, but you 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 weren't weren't willing to fire Gruden when that happened. But now that there's gay people involved, now you're willing to fire him. That's not it. What we've seen is now there's a decades worth of work where he was just obviously a, a deplorable human in a workspace. Yeah, and I mean the comments he made about the women referee, Goodell, concussions. You concussion. love football, but do you love the people who play football? John Maybe Gruden. John Gruden has got too many concussions. Maybe he has, yeah, like, I a thought, false sense of reality. Yeah. Um, so I, I made this comment when talking to, to Duke and Alex, the intern, where I was like, for a guy to send all this through his work email, he's obviously watched porn on his work phone, right? Like, a thousand percent. Like, if they 100%. just did that much research, they can fire him just for that. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt. He thinks incognito, it like, blocks your IP, <laughs> but, like, it really just deletes your history. Yeah. He thinks incognito mode is getting Richie incognito and making him captain of your team. Also, to his defense, I just found out that that incognito does that like three weeks ago. I yeah. thought I didn't know what it did, so I just knew that when if you were looking at my search, you wouldn't be able to find anything. But now I know that all it does is just deletes your history. That's all it yeah. does. It's all it does. It's so it's so your wife doesn't check your history. Is all it does. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the worst part about this whole story is that they weren't even investigating Gruden. So that's the thing. the The, the reason for this um, is that. John Gruden was being John Gruden's name came out in this because they were investigating the Washington football team and the sexual harassment culture that existed with the cheerleaders. If you remember, we, we actually covered the story uh, as it broke in the Washington Post. Uh, it's why I have a membership to the Washington Post right now is because I, I wanted to read the full article because it's absolutely fascinating. Um, but one of the things that that John Gruden received from um, Bruce Allen was a picture of topless Washington cheerleaders who were allegedly coerced into taking that photo, thus making him um, sort of implicit in what was going on because, of course, he didn't report that to the league. But also, why aren't we hearing about the emails Bruce Allen and, um, you know, everyone else in the Washington football organization? Like, the only reason this came up is because John Gruden was related to the head coach, the, the brother of the head coach at the time. So there's a lot of terrible stuff that I think is yet to even surface when it comes to the story. Tinfoil hat? 
it's because he said something bad about Goodell, and Goodell sitting in his throne was like, all right, down with Gruden. I've seen that theory, but Roger Goodell's not the boss. But how did this he, get leaked is the question. And got, you haven't – anything about WFT has not been leaked. I think, I think that that's your answer, that it's not leaked by the NFL. It's leaked by the Washington football team because if we can distract from our own crisis, then maybe the media leaves us alone, which never works, by the way. No. <laughs> it just adds more layers of complexity to an already complex uh, situation. Pretty much. Um, so I was I was actually very curious about that eagle. I was curious to see how this came out, why it came out, and of course we all found out that that's why. Did you watch uh, as the uh, Sunday Sunday Night Football was delayed at halftime uh, for like an hour? And ESPN, as much as I respect um, and love the content ESPN has given us for decades, their history on dealing with race has always been called to question. The way they handled it in the booth, Terry, was. They cut out. Um, they cut out uh, Drew Brees, who you know last year was talking about how you shouldn't kneel, and then went to Mike Tirico asking Tony Dungy to forgive John Gruden on behalf of all black people. It was the cringiest thing I had ever seen, and this is of course before those two individuals had all the information. <laughs> the the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for the. When people get in front of a camera, they become the cheesiest, the corniest people ever. And when, especially in front of, like, when you're in the public, like, yeah. this is obviously this is John Gruden is all the everything he said before we found out about these emails. He's full of shit. Like everything we said. So him, him going on Monday Night Football and doing all these things and posturing and all this stuff, and he's a fucking I don't know. The at the end of the day, I don't trust anybody. And I know that everybody is full of shit. And especially if you have some sort of stature, I automatically assume, and it's bad for me to think this way, I automatically assume you have skeletons in your closet. So like, John Gruden. How did Gruden, you get there, right? Yeah. I mean, not how did you get there. I don't think that everybody that's successful and a billionaire has screwed people over intentionally, but there is something there. And I think that John Gruden, I don't think he screwed anybody over, but he's obviously a bad guy. If he's, These are things that he would say in a work email to his brother or to whoever else he was emailing. emailing. What, what's, where's Jay Gruden now? Like, what does he do? Uh, right now, I imagine he's in hiding. <laughs> Just with no, but is he hired? Is he employed? Is he, does he have uh, a job somewhere? I believe he I don't has think he does. Somewhere. I think he has a consulting job with a team. Eagle, if you can look that yeah, up as we're talking. Right um, so yeah, well, so what's Jake Gruden's punishment going to be? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, this is largely, uh, you know, stories about John Gruden. We'll see uh, how Jay uh, Gruden was implicated again. Like, we're going to see more information come out, uh, I believe, as a result of this investigation. Um, but the, the one thing that stuck with me is, is a thing I remember learning as a kid. Uh, my dad, uh, my dad famous for one-liners, he writes Pops' picks. Uh, on the hot sauce, sports he's not doing scene. anything right now. He was with the Jaguars as offensive coordinator last year, but he's not with anyone. Okay, right so now. he was with the team last year. Yeah. Um, so the he often used to tell me the the way to judge a man's character is not the way he speaks in public, but how he speaks when no one's around. And I always said, like, well, how do you know what he says when no one's around? The email was since invented, right? Text was since invented, and there's this false sense of security, especially for an older generation. Uh, who didn't grow up with it, who aren't the, or aren't the quote-unquote digital natives, who think that talking with your locker room buddies by email, by work email, is the same as talking with your locker room buddies in a locker room, right? I, ca I kind of say the same. You shouldn't be saying these things in the first place, but the fact that exactly. you did it in writing. 
I kind of say the same thing, but like when it comes to uh, kids, so uh, you know how well you raised your kids by the way they act when you're not there. You know what I mean? It's like if you if you drop off your son at somebody else's house and then you get back to pick him up and they're like, oh, he was amazing. He was so nice. He was he said, thank you, please. And you know you're doing a good job. But if you drop off your kid and he just fucking blows the house up, then you know you you're smoked a shit Smoked all my fan. weed. Goddamn kid. <laughs> Goddamn eight-year-olds. Can't trust them anymore. Um, yeah, emails have fucked us over, man. And and the fappening. <laughs> well, that's, so that's another aspect of this. There, there's... I'll be a small percentage of people. There's a small percentage of people who uh, insist that John Gruden is the victim and that cancel culture is to blame. And I, I am, I'm a believer of the fact that people need a chance to redeem themselves. I don't think things should be removed from history because it's an opportunity to learn from them. That said, I also don't think you should get $10 million for one of the 32 best jobs in the world uh, while being a terrible person, while representing a league that is largely black after you've made racist incidents because you racist uh, sentiments because you have to then go f- talk about these people in the locker room and Keyshawn Johnson's been telling us for 15 years oh. that 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 this was the case with John Gruden. Also, let's Keyshawn not forget the original allegation was from like 2011, like that first email or something, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, okay, 10 years. Yeah, but those things you weren't right to say in 2011. Fine, we but, knew. Yeah, but you can say like, yeah, you know, I've learned since then. I was being stupid. Blah blah blah. The most recent ones were what from like 2018 or something, like. That's very now. Yeah. That's way after that you should have learned. When John Gruden's apology started with, this is not who I am, but clearly it is, right? And like, uh, we'll, we'll listen to the, the apology right now. And actually, I forgot that All it's... All I can uh, say is yeah. I, I'm not a racist. I don't... Uh, I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to, to, to D. Smith. Um, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life. And uh, I apologize for the insensitive... Remarks. I had uh, no, uh, you know, I, I, I had no racial uh, intentions with those remarks at all. But uh, yes, they can. I'm. Um, what was yeah. the end of that sentence? This they can what? I think that's the clip. Um, <clears throat> the, the question, by the way, was: Are there any other emails? Um, are there any other emails we should know about? And that was his answer. This is before, like, the other emails came out um, how does he look at how does he look at carl nasib after that that stuff comes out how does he look at uh how does he how can he be professional with a referee because there's how many women referee in the nfl there's a, there's like a handful now right yeah. how can he be how can he present himself to them how can he how can they take him seriously how can roger goodell take him seriously how can any of these people listen roger goodell knows he's the most hated and made fun of person in sports it's his job like, i don't it's yeah job, like right? there's, his job is there's him shield Gary Bettman and Phil Kessel, like those are the three guys that get made fun of the most in sports. Yeah. And but it's it's true, and he knows it. So, but when it's out there, and he's and he's being called the f word for no fuck for no fucking reason, it doesn't make it, it. It there's no way he can have a job in the NFL ever again. Like we're never going to hear. I, John I think Gruden it's done. I, I I I'm inclined to agree with you, Terry. Um, the, the the interesting part about this is, does John Gruden go back to? collect his stuff does he send somebody and here's another thing what does he do when he sees his new neighbor Derek Carr <laughs> yeah they just finished building their house yeah. in Vegas right yeah. next to him no way yeah swear to god they literally, literally had just finished construction and they were getting ready to move in it, next to Derek Carr and, which Der- by the way is a terrible idea absolutely yeah he's going like, to trade him and but anyway so he, he he goes up to Derek Carr just as the house is being finished he's like 
does the stepbrother's thing go, are, are we are we becoming best friends? And the other guy's like, no. <laughs> no, nope, sorry, buddy. Nope, sorry. Like, how you. do you <laughs> how do you distance yourself from the organization when you live next to the franchise quarterback? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs. Did some, he uh, did he say okay? Other than other than the 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 lips joke about Demora Smith, did he say anything? Actually, raised? Did he drop an n bomb or anything like that? So there's um there's been allegations by players in the past. Now they've been imperfect messengers, like Keyshawn Johnson, for example, like Antonio mm. Brown. If you remember, Antonio Brown had a blow. One of the blowups he had uh, at the facility was because he alleged that that he that that Gruden Mayock uh, made a comment that that he didn't appreciate. Of course. They're imperfect messengers, right? Yeah. Um, we know he's he's made comments about women. We know he's made comments about uh, homosexual players. Um, either way, I don't know if, if it's as direct as using the N-word. And, and we've talked about on the show a lot where it's it's not just catching someone in the gotcha moment. This to me is, is showing that this person had a career uh, hiding his hatred, right? And... Um, at least hiding intolerance. Even if you don't want to go as far as hatred, he's, he's hiding his intolerance, hiding in plain sight as he was the voice of Monday Night Football when this happened. Um, it's... Um, I, I don't it's, know. It's like I'm, I'm kind of like with John Gruden, it's like every there was always these like hidden, like like you said, like the imperfect messages, always these things and you never want to believe it because John Gruden is a likable guy. Like how many times did I see the, 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 the mic'd up John Gruden video today like on YouTube? Like it's all over the place because John Gruden's... He's classic, man. He's a classic coach. He has good one-liners. He's funny. He makes crazy references. He's he was successful in his own right. You know, he was bringing the Raiders back to a certain extent. You know, to what from what they were, and it's it's a it's a little sad knowing that you probably he's probably coached over two hundred black people for him to make these jokes. He had he was the head coach of, and listen, Carl Nassib, all he is he's the first person to come out as gay. He's not the first gay player. We all not know, the right? first gay player by a long shot, and he'll never and he'll never be. And he he's not the last gay player either. And I'm sure that John Gruden knew about some of these guys. So for him to talk about people that he says he used to say like I respect players and all this stuff, and and for him to come out and say this shit is ah, it's fucking, it's dirty, it's ugly, it's dirty, and yeah. I don't want any part of I it. I feel I feel lied to, and like I don't know yeah. John Gruden right, but I feel lied to because we've watched this man's career for for 30 years. You yeah, know? I like John Gruden for so long. I mean, I grew up watching John Gruden. It's like it's like if somebody your dad's generation, we find this out about John Madden, you know, and he's like, "What the fuck?" You know, it's the same thing. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not a good look. Um, he again, we talked about it, he stepped down. Uh, we're gonna see if there's if there is any more fallout from this. I'm curious to see what the buyout uh for him stepping down was because there's no way he did that for free. I'm curious to see what happened to the Raiders for the rest of the season. Well, what's what's interesting is because you talked about how he brought them back. The first thing I thought of uh, when when I was reading the story was he took the Raiders from are the Raiders for real to are the Raiders for real hiring <laughs> this guy um, and people and people ripping on your brother for ripping on the Raiders. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you have an opinion about your favorite team? How dare you not blindly follow them? <laughs> When the coach steps down in disgrace, I think like people make fun of Cowboys fans and all this stuff. But I think Raiders fans, but like there's obviously exceptions, like my brother, your brother, like there's Raiders fans that are except Mokan even. Mokan, I was Ra- just gonna say a few other people. Yeah, off top of my Raiders head. fans are the worst because they're so delusional to how good their team is. Yeah, I know. And, it's and what the, and what their team like? Nobody is worried about the Raiders. You know what I mean? Like every year, yeah. I think the Raiders are never predicted to win the division ever. 
So they have this weird disproportionate confidence when it comes to their about their team. And now this happened and they're like they're defending their team all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. They're I think they're the worst fans in football. My favorite part about draft night is after the Raiders make their pick, texting Mo Khan and asking him, so what do you think of that pick? And just having him rant for half an hour about yeah. how there's so many better people on the board and it's a reach in the whole thing. We didn't need this, blah, 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 useless organization to then immediately go back to watching every single moment of their games. Last night, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship was the symbol for what the NFL weekend was. It was a crazy weekend. It was a wild I didn't watch weekend. a minute of football this weekend. Dude, it was the best weekend ever. Uh, not one ever. minute. The, I was the, way the one too o'clock busy. games. They had. I was watching Red Zone. They had four games going simultaneously, going down into the last yeah. two minutes of any team could win, and it was back and forth and back and forth. Like literally, the hosts were like, "We can't keep up. There's so much going on." The the um, at one point, so we talked about. So I mentioned Rodrigo Blankenship. He missed um, he missed a whole bunch of kicks because he had hurt his hip in the game. And then they had tried to have the punter kick, and that didn't work. And then he kicked the ball that was hit too low, and Calais Campbell blocked it. And then that leads to Lamar Jackson having this crazy, crazy... Um, Two two-point converts by Mark Andrews to make yeah. the comeback and the yeah, whole that's thing. that's it. It was just a crazy turn of events. Uh, but before that, Eagles team, the Packers, uh, saw Mason Crosby miss an extra point, missed two field goals that would have won the game, Missed the field goal, the first field goal attempt in overtime. Um, then the Bengals missed the field goal after Randy Bullock celebrated <laughs> making the field goal that he missed. Um, and then finally... Oh, the wrong weekend off. Crosby finally got it then after. Matt LaFleur gave him another chance to kick a field goal, though, which was shocking Which to was, me. it was fourth and inches, too. Yeah. And apparently LaFleur's quoted... Third and inches, by the way. Oh, if they uh, no, it was fourth. No, they it was kicked four. it on third. Because you don't... The announcers are saying how like you don't want to miss the snap on fourth down and oh, yeah, which yeah, never yeah. happens also. So uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty sure uh, Randall Cobb got it on third down to get them into field goal. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, apparently Lafleur walked over to Crosby and said, "You got this," and he goes, "Yep, I got this." He's like, "All right, go kick it." Like straight up, like no question, basically. Like you, you got it. Okay, cool. Like if he was like all in his head, and he's like, oh, "I'm not sure," then he would have gone for it. But like, he was like, "Yep, I got this." Okay, go kick it. He um. Mason Crosby, by the way, um, he makes me feel good about being proud of my white hair. Is that he's another guy who walks around with the, the sort of like I mean, the he's silver basically fox your thing. age. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he actually is. That's not even that's not even a joke about me being old anymore. Um, I think he actually is my age. Uh, but it was just it was it was wild. And I have a question for you guys. Football starting at nine thirty in the morning. He's thirty seven, so he's a year younger than you, <laughs> and you, you can't even kick. He's back got it. well, no, but he's got more white hair than me, so I, I'll hold that. I'll hold that. Um, the the when the games start at nine thirty in the morning, and especially because the games are in England, are in England, doesn't it just feel right to start drinking beer in the morning. Like I no. cracked my first beer open at nine forty five because I was like, if nope. I was in England watching this game, which is in the afternoon, I'd be drinking beer. There's nothing that get no liquid that gets into my body before one o'clock that is anything other than water, coffee, or if it's like a shake after the gym. Oh, you have a problem. I mean, you have yeah, I have the problem. <laughs> You're drinking at nine o'clock in the morning, and I have a problem. Hey, it's exactly. five o'clock somewhere, including potentially in Europe. Yes. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in Europe where the game was happening. How about that? What about time zones, Terry? Okay, what about <laughs> this one? You arrive at a hotel uh, uh, to an airport. Yes, I always do this. No matter what airport I'm in, including Montreal, 
Right to the bar. What time it is, go straight to the bar because nobody knows where you're coming from. Yeah, but so, you're international waters, so there, there's no rules. So I, I would have a beer at that point. It's like being a pirate. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like being a pirate. Be, <laughs> waiting at the airport is exactly like being a pirate. There's I've nothing more similar. I've often heard that. Um, so there was a great, great boxing match. I actually asked you if it was worth watching, and I watched it last night. Uh, a replay of what happened between uh, Wilder and Fury. Uh, this was the third one. Tyson Fury uh, got the win. Um, this is, it kind of feels like the height of heavyweight boxing again. It's nah. not, it's, it's not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying in the, um, the, there's obviously not as many great fighters as there were when, when we were, when we were young. But when I was watching that fight, I'm like, oh, this is awesome because you have this guy, Tyson Fury, who doesn't look like a tactician. But the dude is like a, a born and bred boxer. And Deontay Wilder, who's just every time he hits somebody in the face, I think that guy's gonna die. Like it's like it's it's not Tyson, but it's the closest punching power I've seen to Tyson in a long time. So I was only able to watch the fight the next day because I was at a, a party where a bunch of guys were crowded over one iPhone watching the fight. And I was like, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll know the result and then I'll yeah. watch it the next day. So I watched like uh like a, a like a shortened version of it in twenty minutes. Same, and uh, yeah, and um, plus all the highlights and all that shit. Deontay Wilder obviously has crazy power. He, he could have won this. I thought fight. I thought he had him in a was it the third or fourth where where fourth if if yeah the fourth round if if that round was fifteen seconds longer, like Fury was done. He wasn't yeah he got he got saved by the bell definitely saved by the bell, and but the for third round when Fury knocked Wilder down it wasn't much, but. You you can tell that Fury was going to win the fight. Wilder, his all his punches were loaded up, loaded up, and he was going for the knockout. He wanted to make a statement, and that's and I I didn't lose any respect for Wilder for doing what he did. He had to make a statement. It's he had to he... go out and knock him out. If he didn't do that, then everybody was going to say, "Oh, he's shit, whatever." And I don't think anybody can say that now. I think that everybody has their guy that they can't beat. You know what I mean? Everybody has that guy. For Wilder, the only person he cannot beat right now is Fury. And to your comment about the the peak of boxing, the heavyweight boxing, it could have been, it could have been what after the after they fought the first time, it was crazy what was going on. You had Ortiz, you had Ruiz, Joshua. you had Joshua, you had Fury, you had Wilder, you had uh, Brazil, you had fucking. Um, uh, Chisora, you had all these guys. Klitschko was still relatively there. Yeah, like you had so, all these guys. So you had now. something. Yeah, you had something. And now everybody signed their contracts. Joshua lost a couple times. Wilder got KO'd. The draw. Now he got KO'd again. Ortiz but is I wasn't, old I wasn't, as fuck. Ruiz was fat. Like it's gone. Like the whole thing is gone. And I'll boxing agree. is back again I'll, to being shit. I'll agree that the division is not what it was. But I'm talking about this fight specifically. Sure. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of hype, yeah. It it, it it it's okay. It's not. It's not. I'm not saying it's Ali Ali Foreman, but oh, not even close. The way that it reminds me of that, it's the two at the height of the sport, with at the biggest size of the sport, going mm. at it. Um, and and absolutely, Wilder making recognition of like the way Foreman used to, like, oh, I need to overpower my opponent because I'm not the tactician these other guys are, right? Like, It's I, more, it's it's the the better comparison, I'd say, is more like a Tyson-Lewis uh, is a good yeah, comparison. Yeah, there we go. That's, that that's another example. But the actual comparison I thought of, Terry, was the fight at the end of Snatch 
where the gypsy at the end just has enough. And that's what Tyson Fury is. He's Brad Pitt and Snatch. That's that's what kept running through my mind at the end of the fight. I'm like, oh, Brad Pitt's going to fuck him up. And he's that, a gypsy. That gypsy. That's why, right? Like, that's the whole thing. I have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Considering boxing, I'll call it in its current state of nobody gives a fuck and the referees are awful and the whole stuff. When you went to watch this mm-hmm. fight, did you actually think it was going to be good? And then you were yes. like, oh, great. So, or were you like expecting it to be shit and was pleasantly surprised? I was expecting yes. it to be good, but also I knew it was good because I watched the day later. Right. So I saw all the Twitter. Terry, Terry told me, yeah, you should watch it. So I ended up watching it at like two o'clock in the morning, which is become my prime TV viewing hours as I no longer sleep. And uh, but it was it was I was I was so thankful that like you you actually like urged me like yeah, yeah actually watch the fight it's a good fight don't just watch like the four minute highlight watch the full the condensed full rounds I did and it was awesome it was totally awesome yeah. great fight I okay honestly I I would pay to watch that fight fully the next the next time I'm I'm absolutely uh, I'm absolutely doing pay per view but it could have been bad though right like um well we the thing is we've seen the first I don't think. It. We've seen Rocky one and two at this point, right? We know we know we're getting with Wilder Fury. It's never yeah. going to be bad. They're, they're, they're the two best in the sport. But I was saying, it's the only division. it's their names and their names only. Like the next boxing card that's going to come out, you're not going to watch it. Well, maybe you're not can, pay for I, it. I watch a lot of Canelo because it's on the zone. It's on the zone anyway, and not he's, anymore. He's great. Oh, he was not right? anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's not. Um, <laughs> I hate this by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> big time the X. But uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's there's a, there's like a handful of fighters that I will go out of my way to watch. Fury, Canelo, uh, Ryan Garcia, Charlo, uh, and and Bud. Those are the only guys that I would go out of my way to watch. I think. And yeah, Ryan Garcia, not really yet. Not really yet. Yeah. Um, I like Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant's good. That's gonna be a good fight. I mean, boxing is still very good. It's it's kind of went away for a while. But this fight, Eagle, to answer your question, is that I knew this fight was gonna be nuts because I knew that Fury. Fury has this thing about him that he's just going to be entertaining. And Wilder has this thing about him where he could shut anybody's lights off and he looks so serious and so focused. But the thing about Wilder is that he's never fixed his problem. His problem has always been footwork. His footwork is god-awful. And that's, he never fixed it. And if he, is, if he fixes that... He added a few punches to his 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 well, carousel. He was, to, he was going to the body in the, yeah. in the first round in a way that yeah. we expect, right? He used to go straight right, right hook. Now he's going he's going combos. He's going right hook, left hook, body jab. Like he was throwing really good combos. But you can't do that against Tyson Fury, who looked very slow. Fury looked really slow, a lot slower than what he usually looked like. Not moving his head as much. There was a lot about Fury that I was like, if he fought like a prime Wilder, I don't think this fight would have gone the same way. I really don't. But I think at perfect timing, Fury just ended this whole era of him versus Wilder. Now he can fight Joshua and be the best boxer of all time. The um, the the thing I um I thought of as I was watching is uh, an old boxing cliche. Where misses take more energy than than hits, and at one point, you know, second, third round, um, you, you saw Wilder starting to miss more, and after almost putting Fury on the ground, you saw Wilder just—he was just swinging at that point because he knew he needed to end the fight because he looked yeah. he looked like he was tiring out, and he was. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to the next big fight, but Agreed. I'm not I'm not really like sold on heavyweight boxing right now. That's for sure. Well, I I'm sold on them them too. I will watch. Them too. Give me but that. But it's over. Give me one a year of Wilder Fury until it's absolute domination by Fury. I'll watch it. It I'll is domination by Fury. He's and won. I, three I, but they're still good fights. Like until they're not good fights anymore. Even if I know Fury will win, I'll watch it. 
Wilder couldn't beat him the first time when he KO'd him. Yeah. He didn't beat him in that. He only beat him in that round because he knocked him down. Fury got back up and won the rest of the round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, Fury just all And Wilder knocked box. him out the first, in the first fight, right? If I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it was the first fight. I ended up going to a draw. That was it. was you know a draw. I mean? it. Yeah. yeah, it went to a draw. And Fury is a, just a better boxer, man. He's just a better boxer. Wilder just is just doesn't, a like, freak. If I were to just show you the pictures and be like, one of these is uh, a great power puncher and the other one is uh, a great tactician, there's no way without knowing anything about the sport you would choose that Tyson Fury is the better tactician and Wilder is the better puncher, right? Like you would always assume that the guy who's super cut is the better tactician and the guy who's just big and burly is the puncher. Like, uh, like Mike Tyson's punch I, out I taught, no, I taught us that lesson. <laughs> I see it differently. I see it as a guy who's big and burly, relies on his muscles. I see a guy who's a little chunky that needs his technique in order to make – like if you look at so. all the guys – if you look at all like the the point punchers, like the Diaz brothers, they're not like in great shape physically. They they don't look like they're in great shape, but they they just they hit eighty percent every single time. And if you yeah, look at Fury, but if you look at Foreman, if you look at Foreman, listen, like historically, the brawlers were the big punchers, right? The brawlers, yeah, but the, like, exactly, but they're not. But, but they have not, no body type, like like you know, Foreman was never the most cut dude in the world. He was. Big and bulky and muscular, but he had a gut, you know. He was yeah, but he wasn't really technical. He was a brawler, like that's the what most. I'm saying, technical, yeah, he's the guy who the looked more like Fury. Guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. But the most technical guy back in the day was more of like um, Mike Tyson had great technique, and he was jacked to the fucking gills. You know what I mean? And but like when I see power, a guy right? like Fury, I see him. I'm like, this guy doesn't look like he has power. He just looks like yeah, that's he just knows how to box, right? He has good footwork. He moves a lot. He snaps his jabs like he throws his wrist at you like that, and He's just, he's good. He just knows exactly what to do and he's very accurate. Yeah. Um, Nick Suzuki extends his contract eight years, uh, 63 million. We'll go through this uh, quickly, Terry. Um, as a Habs fan, I'm happy. I like Nick Suzuki. Um, I think they signed him for an extended time at a decent value before his value really spikes. Oh, yeah, big um, time. I don't think it's a terrible contract. I think it's a fantastic contract, and anybody yeah. who says otherwise can legit suck my balls. And we've had a couple of those guys, well, not not those guys, but a few of their colleagues on the show. And there's one guy I'm not gonna name him, but he name was him. on that radio station today. Elliot Price? A, <laughs> nope, he's doesn't. He's not on that radio station. I know, I know, I know. I just and he was on that radio station today, and he was saying how this is the worst signing in Habs history because we don't know anything about Suzuki. This is what we know about Suzuki. He's won a gold medal in junior. He's coming off. He's coming off as the leading scorer for the Habs. The leading scorer. He's the number one center on the team. He's potentially now that Weber is retired, not retired, gonna be the next captain of this team. He has been compared to Anzi Kopitar. He's been compared to Patrice Bergeron, and these are by people that have watched and coached these players. These he's players make. These players, yeah, he's fun to watch. These players have made the same amount of money as Suzuki. So, yes, maybe he's not making that money now, but when the cap goes up, this is going to be a steal. You think, did, did people make this yeah, comparison? He, he stands to, to make under 10% of the total cap on average. Yeah. When the cap goes up. And, like, you compare yeah. that to the, the four uh, big contracts in Toronto that each occupy close to, like, 16, 17% of the cap, right? So, like, yeah. That that's that that's very different. Like we're we're looking at a guy who's who's gonna represent what ten twelve percent of his team's cap. It's it's not bad. Yeah, and price and, and he's expected to be the best player. Price has taken a leave of absence. 
we'll he's in the NHL, in the NHL assistant program, the assistance program. So you know, we wish him all the best. But he, his his money is coming off the books this year if he doesn't play. So that money is saved. We have the money to spend on Suzuki. Price is most likely going to retire. Weber is gone. Money is coming off the books. You're going to starting. You're going to start to have to pay your players. If we waited and we gave this kid a bridge deal, if the Habs waited, gave him a bridge deal of whatever, and then thirteen to fifteen, yeah, yeah, three years from now, three years from now, he comes back and he's getting eighty points a game. We're going to have to pay this guy uh, Mitch Marner money, and and he's going to perform like Mitch Marner is Kaka. You know what I mean? Like it's not – he's not fucking – he's a number one center. He's going to be the captain. He's the future of this franchise. Give him what he deserves and that's what exactly what he deserves. I'm pissed that people – this the fucking media in this city are unbelievable when it comes to how the Habs spend their money. And then if they don't spend their money, they're pissed. Let the fucking kid get his money. He's going to be here forever. Don't chase him away like you've chased every other star in this fucking – like we chased away Kotkaniemi. Yeah. Don't fucking do that shit. Pay the well, kid and, what, and, he's, what he earned. And don't forget, like we talked about the worst contract. There's already been a worst contract this offseason, and it's one they didn't sign with Philippe Dano, right? Like, Yeah, they, I mean, listen. They had a great an opportunity to get a guy as an incredible contributor at an extremely fair rate and lost him for peanuts. I mean, they lost him because they didn't want to – they didn't give him what he wanted, but then he took what <laughs> – he took a cheaper price in L.A., Anyway, that's besides the point. I think they just didn't want Deno at the end of the day. I think they knew they were going to have they didn't want him, yeah. Yeah, they, I think they wanted they wanted to get more speed, more scoring, which is what they needed anyway. And Dano doesn't give you scoring. So, I mean, Suzuki is a two-way player. Dano is a two-way player. It's a good transition. I'm I don't hate the I wanted to keep Dano because I like him, but realistically, if they if they had made this decision to extend Suzuki ahead of time, now I understand why they didn't sign Dano. Mais, yeah. uh, mais Terry, uh, Suzuki, c'est un auto, ça, right? Il parle pas français. Uh, Suzuki, like uh, you can suck my ass, you fucking idiots, man. I, I, don't, I don't even want to hear the French media. If I listen to the French media and I hear them complain that Suzuki's getting this money, I'm going to drive to whatever radio station they are and I'm going to slash all their tires and piss on, top, and piss on their fucking laptop keyboards. That's what I'm going to do. Now, see, Terry, you have the wrong strategy when it comes to this stuff. What you really need to do is break into their Outlook server and download their yes. emails. Oh, yeah, because we're definitely going to find a lot of ones there. Oh, yeah. man. Imagine imagine these guys. I, I want Rachel Tremblay's emails to come out. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to name names because. I'll you know, name it because he's a dickhead. I'll, listen, if you're a nice person, I won't name names. If you're if you're a, a, a jackass or Elliot Price, those are the two categories. Not, not saying he's a jackass, just that's one of the categories, jackass or yeah, Elliot yeah. Price. I'll name yeah. Rajon Tremblay is the guy who tried to get away with a DUI by saying, do you know who I am, right? Yeah. That guy? Yeah. yeah. Rajon Tremblay is the guy that wrote that things. article, no? Isn't, yeah. isn't he the guy that wrote that article with the white beard? Yeah, he wrote the article about uh, how there's, well, he wrote specifically racial slurs towards uh, Nick Asians. and Asians. Yeah. yeah. And he still has a job, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's he still has the same job. The same job. The same job. As a media member. That's, yeah. it's French, that's French media for you right there. French media. So we got no interview today. Uh, instead, we will get into rapid fire. But before we do that, Terry, uh, the people that have given us, invested their time uh, into us, let's tell them how they can invest their money and, ma and make some back. Invest in uh, money? Really? Listen, man, I'm tired about the go on vacation. Leave me alone. They can invest their money in Hot Streak. I don't know why it says rapid fire topics on the logo there, but it's you know weird. you can we take that some, some Oh, I changed my ordering. My bad. 
You can change it and put promo code hot sauce because if you use promo code hot sauce, then you get they match your bonus. So you get your they match your deposits. So you get your bonus back. You get your deposit back as a bonus, double your money. Um, I got actually a few registrations today. I got text saying, what's the code? I sent it out. It's promo code hot sauce. Uh, NBA season is starting. MLB is on fire right now. The NFL is on fire right now. You can bet on all three. Uh, you can use all three of them. All three of them. You pick two or three players. Four in the NFL, you can pick up to like five, which I love. Yeah. And you go five players, you go streak mode, and you go bank, you go broke, and uh, it's fun, man. Honestly, I like doing it. It's it's it, it keeps the games, the games that you don't like, like you know, like those four o'clock games that you're not really gonna watch. Like like, yeah, Nine thirty you know. uh, Dolphins Jacksonville Jaguars game this Sunday. There That's you go, exactly. Game. So for me, I don't give a shit about that game. I'll probably be bet on hot streak on that game. It's not bad because I'll be uh, at Lake Lanier. Probably go out do some early morning fishing. Come back, watch the Dolphins, have a beer. It's allowed because there's morning football. Like five o'clock somewhere. Five o'clock yeah, somewhere. Uh, you know, Atlanta's probably a different area code. Yep. Um, and uh, there we go. We'll watch some football <laughs> on the lake. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped. Hot streak fantasy, yeah. hot sauce, promo get code. Get on the lake, man. I'm super excited. There for you this. go. It'll be awesome. All right, boys. So let's get into rapid fire. First one for today. Uh, as my kneecap gently weeps. Uh, Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell got emotional at his press conference when talking about another very close loss. For context, they lo- they scored to tie the game up, got a two-point conversion, and then had a few goal kicked on them, and they lost at the end. So this is his response. When you, uh, when you see your players give all that they have and, uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So... Um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And there again, credit Minnesota, but um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us, you know. And uh, and so ultimately, you know, it uh, we didn't we didn't do enough to win. But I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them, and I love the grit. I love I love Dan Campbell. Who? Okay, so I I just realized this. Who would play Dan Campbell in his movie, in his life movie? He's pretty handsome, so maybe you go Dan Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> no, like out of the actors that are popular today, I have one answer, and it's the only answer. Hmm. Who would you, who would you, who would you cast as Dan Campbell in Everyone Dan Campbell? Thinking is just too old to play him now. Like, yeah, like you know, if if like you know, you put Dennis Quaid on steroids in his thirties, um, that would have been a good one. Um, can I can I go with a little bit maybe of a wild card here? Yeah, go for it. Gary Busey. He's too old again. He's too old. Gary Busey's also he's a, he's a little off his rocker, you know. Like well, Dan Campbell. Oh, that's exactly why. <laughs> no, Dan Campbell's not crazy. He's passionate. It's very different. Very different. Um, there's uh, I don't know, maybe like a like a Channing Tatum type or no. or uh, who's that wrestler now that that was in the Fast and Furious movie, not The Rock, the one who's taking the uh, John post. Cena. John Cena, who looks yeah, like but you Ernest. can't see him. By the way, he looks like a Jack uh, Ernest. Jeff Daniels. John Cena doesn't Jeff look Daniels like Jeff Daniels would be a great dad. He looks like Ernest. Like, Ernest goes to camp. He does, actually. It's a good call. Uh, so, okay. You so put, that, the put a picture actor- of Ernest up on the, on the, on the screen while Ernest? we talk about this. Ernest from Ernest Goes to Camp and all those 80s movies. The actor. Oh, yeah. The actor yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Give, give me the, the actor, actor Terry. The actor we're looking for is a younger Jeff Bridges. He looks yeah, exactly like Choose somebody like now. <laughs> no, but I said younger Jeff Bridges. So, he's he looks exactly like him and he sounds like him. Mm, I can see it. I can when see I watch this video, I'm like, fuck, is that Jeff Bridges? 
Yeah. There's Ernest. That dude from Vikings kind of looks like that. Yeah, see John Cena. Right so there. there was a point in my life we used to watch Jim Ernest. Jim Varney thought, is the guy's name, by the Jim way. Jim Varney, that's it. Yeah. He passed away, unfortunately. There was a point when I when I was a kid I watched Ernest. I thought it was it was Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no. Well, they would kind of look like. Yeah, but the body types are very different. Yeah, okay, but I'm also Gary six. Busey. I'm putting Jeff Daniels in as my suggestion because he would Jeff make Daniels. a great Dan Campbell. Jeff yeah, Daniels. Jeff Daniels I mean, the only guy I can think of now recently who's got a similar look, although like I find actors now are, are more svelte and less like, like there's not a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger types, like the the just rock and muscles, uh, but like uh, that dude from from Vikings. The blonde Jason from Momoa? No. No. Vikings. I don't know his I don't know the name, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. I'm scrolling and trying to find it and buying time. Uh Alexander Ludwig was his name. Is it or Opie from names? Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> who is also known as Fulton go. from D2. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. I like that one too. That's so a good he, one. He'd play him. Um so the thing with Dan Campbell, um, I, I don't dislike him. I think he's actually a decent human, although what we've seen from yeah. Gruden, we don't know. Uh, yeah. but he appears to be. But I don't think he's a great coach, and what happens is exactly this. Because don't forget, he coached the Dolphins for a year. The team plays hard for him, but that wears out. Like at a certain point, when you just don't have it, it starts to fall apart, and it's going to start looking worse and worse and worse. I hope it's not the case because, again, I don't have anything against him personally. Um, it's just I've seen this script play out before. It's not right. a good script. Uh, ground ruled trouble. The Tampa Bay Rays fans were disappointed with a rule application that resulted in a ground rule double. We get to watch the clip here. Base. Diaz runs. Kiermaier sends a ball into right center field. That's trouble. And that one's off the base of the wall. Diaz coming around to score. Kiermaier to third. The Rays have taken the lead. That's the rule, huh? They're saying that's going to be a double. That is a horrible break. And the runner oh. was going. I was just saying that the runner going allows them to score on a double. I think they might. They're going to take the, a look. At the, that hit the top of the wall. But you can't score on a They're ground They're not only going to look at that. Oh, Isn't it umpire's it's discretion as to where to place the base runner? I'm going to get another that's look at what, what that ball hit. Baseball, but, man, but man, starting the runner was the only chance you were going to score playing no doubles. This ball hits. I didn't wow, see where it hit. That was a ton of spin. It goes off. Renfrew. It hits before the wall, down, and hits the minute. right Wait. fielder and goes over the wall. So that's a home run. Apparently that's a ground rule double. It is. Even so according to the rule book, if the ball hits a fielder and unintentionally goes out of bounds, it is a ground rule double based on where the runners were during the pitch. So the runner at first can only advance to third, and then the guy at home it gets to second base essentially. It's it's baseball getting its own way. The rule is stupid. Ground rule double is to me let let the run score. It's almost the nah. run. Don't no, them, no, 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 no. So I think listen, if the ball bounces, if the ball bounces in the outfield and bounces out, that's a ground rule double. Is are you saying that's the home run? No, no. I'm saying if there's any runners on, oh, they should okay. score in the ground rule double. I'm not saying that yeah, the I hitter scores. That, yeah. so the fact that you hold them for two bases makes no sense because 
There's not a scenario where that ball's hit in Fenway Park and, and the runner gets thrown out of the home can base. I, can I Impossible. offer a counter example of what they should do? Go ahead. Fucking standardized baseball fields. Like, imagine uh, playing, yeah, yeah, the, the playing NFL no, where no, the fuck fucking goalposts are in the corner. Yeah, yeah, like, it would wrong, never happen. Uh, you don't understand wrong. baseball. Get out of here. You're taking, away the, you're taking away the green monster. Go fuck yourself. It's the only thing that matters in baseball is the field. Yeah, the only thing that matters is, like, the only thing that makes it unique is that every spe- uh, stadium is different. So maybe yeah. the sport is just bad. No, the yeah. sport's great. You're an awful human being. Next. Are we just old people that we like boxing and baseball? <laughs> Terry, like, I think, are we the last remaining people that like baseball and boxing? Uh, Raids went on to lose that game and lose the series. Yeah. So. And move to Montreal. Yeah, Montreal, hey! They lost their team, too. Uh, next, Perfect Strangers. When Kirk Cousins was a member of the Washington football team, he addressed high school students uh, and was talking about welcoming a gay player into the locker room by saying that there are different types of uh, sinners in the locker room and that all that mattered was that it helped them, that they would help them win games, that nobody's perfect, and that he could hopefully show them what it means to follow Jesus. Oh, Jesus, man. Literally, Jesus. Which this is part? the same guy. How do we even react? Huh? I, can, I, can only, I can only imagine this in traditional Kirk Cousin fashion where he's just oh saying a God, bunch man. of words very quickly and angrily. Yeah. This is the same guy that suggested to wear uh, um, a plexiglass around him so in meetings he can sit next to his, his teammates because they have to sit two meters apart. He, he said, I'll walk around in like a plexiglass thing on my shoulder so I can sit closer to my teammates. No, 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 Terry. That was to prevent additional concussion so he can stop staying. Oh, okay. He should have gotten like the thing from the, 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 the salon. Like when women go to the beauty salon, they have the thing that goes over their heads. Oh, yeah, the perm thing. The perm yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Sure. She got that over him. Honestly, it just there's so many parts of this. I don't even know how to begin to react. The, sin- just... the sinner's part to me is the craziest one. So, but why, why is football the only sport where religion even comes up? Ever, ever, ever. In Nobody loves You never see it. Nobody loves Jesus than a good old-fashioned white quarterback. Nobody. <laughs> that's, oh. the, that's the position. That's the position and the color, right? Like It can only be a white quarterback who speaks this way. I'm just going to say I don't know, this. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson always thanks Jesus. Always. Yeah, but what do you say the other stuff? Yeah, about, I don't think you'd call curing, sinners, curing the gayness out of him with the help of Jesus is what Kirk Cousins was implying. Uh, yeah, so here's sure. an alternate universe. If Kirk Cousins was the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, their statement would have been, listen, we have a lot of sinners in the locker room, including John Gruden, as long as he does what it takes to help us win games. Listen, if I have to get rid of John Gruden, I have to get rid of Call Nassib too. That's what he's going to say. Yeah? <laughs> he's like, listen, if John Gruden is leaving because of his sins, then we can't really accept Call Nassib. sins all over the NFL. Yeah, I mean, listen. Fornicators. All right. Bible humper. I love that the ending word of the <laughs> on the story was fornicators. Um, to another sad story, if I want to call it that, the cost of winning. Carey Price has uh, opted to be placed on leave and is now reporting into the NHL's player assistance program. Um, for reports, apparently, that it's because of mental health issues, according to his former goalie coach, Stefan Waite, and it has nothing to do with a drug issue, yeah. which many of us did suspect, potentially either painkillers or opioids um, of some sort. So all the or best. some of the recreational drugs that's been linked to Carey Price in the past as well. So first off, all the best to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, this is my personal opinion, I don't think he would would have been able to do this if uh, Jonathan Drouin didn't do it yeah. last season. Kind of set Good the call. precedent, especially in Montreal, like out of all places, like you're a star player and you disappear it's, from it's mental health. Hard. And, and look, at, look at how 
Drouin was trampled for quote-unquote weakness by some of our media colleagues. Not anyone we had on the show, by the way. I, to, to our credit, we seem to have allied ourselves with very tolerant human beings. But by choice, and, 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 for that and matter. Yes, also by choice. But definitely on the, on the French side of the media, we saw a lot of Drouin getting dragged because of the name, the lineage, the, the fact that you know he was quote-unquote... The weak. fact that we played one game without a French player, fuck it. It's, uh, you know what I mean? It's, I'm happy we reached a, a, a point in professional sports where we're recognizing that there's a, a mental health toll and then I'm proud to see someone uh, as gifted as Carrie Price um, go out and get the help he, he needs. I knew it was because of mental health issues. I mean, the reason why he, he was linked to weed and all that stuff was because he was going through mental stuff. Like, that's yeah. why he took him, right? Yeah. So the fact that he's going on his own and he's going to the program and the fact that the NHL has this program is great. I never really ripped on the way for leaving. I was always, I always hated on him for always asking for trades everywhere he went from when he was a kid up until the pros. Uh, but him taking a leave of absence, even the same thing with Kyrie, like we can make fun of Kyrie all we want, but at the end of the day, if he wants to take a day off of work because to take care of himself, that's okay. Do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if your Duane, boss is okay with it, then what can we and say? People say that Dwayne's weak for doing that. Those are the they idiots did. because if they he did. was weak, he would have come back during the run, the playoff run, yeah. if he was a selfish player. If Dwayne was really as selfish as people, including myself, have called him, but not self- I didn't call him selfish because of this. But if people had called him selfish, yeah. were calling him selfish, if he had, if that was true, he had, he would have come back in the middle of the run and tried to take all the glory. But he didn't. He took care of himself, and now he's back. Honestly, um, I it only it got so gross at one point it almost made me delete Twitter from my phone, which I need to do the job that we do here. Um, so I didn't, but it, it was, I had to like not look at it for a couple of days cause it, it just felt icky. Um, the, with Carey Price though, and, and, you know, obviously we talked about sort of the, the, the real life aspect of this, but given what we saw with Tampa Bay and Kucherov, given that Carey Price is li- likely going to be off the books for the year, would it be interesting if he came in completely fresh for the playoffs? Should Montreal make the playoffs this time around? Um, given that we know there's that loophole that you don't have to be cap compliant during the the playoffs i listen all the best to pricey like Hopefully, it's not, again it's not the point of the story i just it's, yeah. it's a side note that i thought of. yeah no, it's, i mean it's valid. it's valid uh before we move on to this topic i actually watched the press conference live where martin benjamin was giving the updates i really appreciated the moment where one of the montreal reporters eric endels asked him like okay forget as a gm and like a player like what about your relationship as the person like what does it mean to you essentially and he basically couldn't answer the question because he broke down in tears you know like i don't think there's very many general managers that would actually be what i would call almost like a player gm like understand the grind of that and celebrate as much as benjamin did during the for example the playoffs and the whole stanley cup run and now be as emotional when it comes to his team we and have his players. benjamin and dan campbell that's it. That's it. Uh, next, the Iceman Speaks. Uh, former UFC star Chuck Lindell has made a statement regarding being a victim of domestic abuse. Um, so this past weekend, he was arrested uh, at his home. Uh, the statement has basically come out saying that, um, you know, he was a victim. He Many details of the case are going to be revealed. When the police showed up, they told him that his wife was going to be arrested and that he's like, no, I'll go instead, essentially, you know, to keep the home a little bit more tranquil. And that apparently this is a deal uh, with uh, trying to shelter his family from, again, mental illness in it and that he wants his privacy and the whole stuff. So, again, not a fun story on this one. I don't know, Terry, if you have any thoughts on, on this. I mean, listen, Chuck Liddell has gone through um, – he fought recently when he shouldn't be fighting. He's obviously – 
you know, when you hear him talk, he's a little punch drunk and he's CTE. But this is the most clear message I've heard from Chuck Liddell since he retired. And I have no reason to not believe what he's saying. Uh, if it was true, the, yeah, the physical evidence of bruising and lacerations, exactly. Yeah. All that. And it's, isn't the first time that something like this happens with him and his wife. I think she's been battling something for years and he's stuck with her. And listen, he, at the end of the day, he said, please respect my privacy. That's what we're going to do. Leave the guy alone. He's leave, just because you're in the public eye doesn't mean you can go, you need to know what they're doing in their lives. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a thing where we see a story like this, the, the, uh, there are people who will react and say, "Come on, you're you're a big tough UFC fighter, and you're you're uh, you're accusing your woman of, of of domestic abuse." But like Chuck Liddell knows he could kill this person, right? Like that's the whole thing with martial arts is the, is the discipline behind it, and that's the side of it we don't often see. He knows the damage he can do to a, a, a human person, especially his wife, who's likely smaller, not as strong as he is, and and you know, basically, it is strange though. The one thing I will say that is strange about the whole scenario is. It's weird that you have a choice to who goes to prison for the crime. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's because they had they had to bring because whenever it's domestic violence, especially them, in, right? in Nevada, so you have to arrest somebody. I think that's that's the rule. So and they'll it, commit the person, arrest the person who committed the crime is how I would. Well, the thing is, they have no pr like I don't think they could have. They, they they didn't know what happened. All they did was they got they got calls that something was happening in the house, and they just showed up and they and Chuck Adele's like, listen, this is what happened. Take me. You know, like, don't, like, leave her here. And I don't know what they did with her or whatever the case may be, but yeah. I don't know. I just, we'll, we'll leave it as is. Let them figure it out on their own. Of course. And our last topic for today, and this comes with a link to a TikTok video, which I already hate myself for posting, but hey, it's now. the new world we're living in, man. By the way, hey, Hot Sauce Sports you're getting a washout. A uh, Smash Mouth. Reset it in case we use it as a clip. Oh. Hey, now, you're a washout. Uh, Smash Mouth has gone viral twice since the start of the pandemic. Uh, the most recent aren't great, but I did video. just see Smash Mouth perform live at a local beer and wine festival. When I say this is the most chaotic show I've ever seen in my entire life, I have no words. At no point was the sound balanced. Unintelligible speech. Apparently, he has now left the band, specifically citing health reasons. And when he says health reasons, I would imagine it's alcoholism. It's actually it's related to his heart issue, which kept him from performing, and which was why at one point the band was accused of using a uh, fake Steve Harrell, uh, sorry Steve Harwell, um, and <laughs> it's a really it's a really bizarre story. I'm pretty sure if you have heart issues and have just returned to work, you shouldn't be smashing a whole bunch of beers at a concert. Out beers of beer are generally and wine bad for your heart. But also, don't go to a beer and wine festival. It's literally the worst place, right? Maybe choose maybe choose your 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 gigs a little better. 
the thing I was surprised with was there's that many people there to hear one song that Smash Mouth came out with. <laughs> it's very yeah, impressive. like okay, they're like oh, all these problems with the sound. Okay, but like it lasted for like three and a half minutes. Like, what did you do with the rest of the time? Yeah. <laughs> there's that many problems for three minutes. Oh, Terry, thank you for everything you've done, and thanks for holding it down for me. Uh, thank you in advance, as I'll be gone for two weeks. Eagle, thank you for all the work you've done today. Uh, we actually had you working a lot during the show today, so thank you for all that you've done. I always do work. It's just very unnoticeable most of the time. <laughs> That's fair. This time it was more noticeable to the viewer and listener. Um, to the uh, the people who have uh, liked us, uh, subscribed to us, uh, done all that good stuff, rated and reviewed, thank you for all of that. Uh, and I want to thank those of you who will go on to like, to subscribe, to rate, to review. And most of all, I want to thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports.